Well, the FOMC minutes are out. Still a way to go before substantial progress has been made, they say. Does that add to the cautiousness that's in the air at the moment with the reflation trade on hold a little for the reasons we outlined yesterday? And next up, the ECB minutes are out. But more importantly, later today, we're told Christine Lagarde will be announcing the results of the ECB strategic review. Oh, and Donald Trump, remember him? He's suing social media. Oh, how we miss him. And we're a bit earlier than usual today. It's Thursday, the 8th of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Very early good morning to you. Yes, we are publishing the podcast 90 minutes earlier than normal today, which coincidentally is about the length of a football match. You go and figure that one out. But uh, it does mean that some of the market prices might have changed before you get to them, uh, because we are before the hour of power uh, in the US stock markets and uh, pretty soon after the release of the FOMC minutes as well, which we'll, we will talk about. Uh, but of course, you know, you are listening to two Englishmen today and the opportunity to watch your football team do well only happens once every 55 years or so. So uh, I was two years old the last time this happened. But look, earlier today, the US dollar was on the rise, up about 0.15% on the DXY, but flat most of the session. The Aussie also managed to gain a little ground, uh, being down most of the session. Though the Canadian dollar was down a quarter percent, but retraced most of that as well. In fact, most currencies now pretty flat, and US equities have been up, reaching new heights. The S&P 500 up 0.3%, a little less for the Dow. Not much movement in the Nasdaq, though. And as you might expect, with uh, all the China tensions, Alibaba isn't looking to crash hot, down 1.3%. Tesla down 24 in fact, perhaps because one of their cars burst into flames and uh, also a, a problem with an autopilot, uh, with, which is causing one family to sue Tesla. And so it goes on. And Facebook down half a percent, perhaps because Donald Trump is going to sue them, along with Twitter and Google for YouTube all over censorship. Seems like ages since you mentioned that name, doesn't it? Meanwhile, uh, bond yields are down further. Ten-year treasuries losing four basis points down uh, to 1.31%, the lowest they've been since February. Aussie 10-year yields have fallen back down, uh, losing eight basis points in response to those falls yesterday in the US and Europe. Uh, Europe also falling a bit further today. German 10-year bunds, for example, uh, down below minus 0.3%, which is the lowest since April. And as we record this, the FOMC minutes are just out. We'll look at those in a moment with Gavin Friend, NAB Senior Market Strategist in London. Uh, first of all, well, let's look at what data we have got. We've got the, jo- the JOLTS data and the German industrial production numbers for May as well. So it's start list like Germany. It was it was expected to pick up a little, but it actually fell 0.3% month on month. The big fall was in capital goods. So does that tell us companies aren't prepared to invest in expansion just yet? I mean, d- generally, data that we're seeing is disappointing a little, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, good morning, Phil. Yeah, I think um, you're right in terms of uh, weaker than expected numbers. Um, and um, yeah, the read-through is is that German manufacturing, which has gone off at a stonking pace, uh, like the rest of the world, is having to slow down because they just can't get the raw materials. I think that's what's crimping this. So we're getting almost a false picture, and uh, it's going to take some months, clearly, before we can get to uh, higher levels of that. And that just means that the sort of the baton falls to the services sector, you know, to try and pick up, uh, pick up, pick up pick up the game really yeah and it's the jolt data you talked about yeah well it's the same deal isn't it i mean it's you know they can't get the people so the jobs are there but there's just not enough people yeah i mean job openings. so this is the uh, the the job openings hirings and quits release for may job openings rose to 9.2 million which was only up 16,000 on april but nonetheless to a new high but hey we, we know that there are lots of jobs on offer and you know while it might we might question why that number wasn't higher still given the sort of you know the backstory here of the problems that employers are 
are you know having in trying to find labor the question is what about actual hiring and the extent to which you know they're seriously lagging in open positions and we have hiring of in may 5.927 million which was 85,000 fewer than the previous month so a slight rise in job job openings but actual hiring is falling away the gap between the two, 3.28 million, that's, you know, as, as high as it's ever been, that mismatch. I mean, what was notable is, is although there were, um, you know, although, although we discover that gap, actually, when we look at sort of sectors like hospitality and leisure, there were actually a pick, there, were, there was a rise in hiring. So that's that's encouraging. Quits, though, um, were less than 3.6 million um, versus 4 million in April. I mean, that's interesting because the pattern here had been the spike in the quit rate that we'd seen suggested that those with jobs were using the current environment of, you know, sort of desperation for some employers as an opportunity to trade up to better jobs, you know, better pay, better perks, better location, better work-life balance, whatever it may be. Uh, and although the total number of quits slowed, it, it picked up in the leisure and hospitality sector. So perhaps, I guess, something, you know, not not something we shouldn't be too surprised about. No. So that, the numbers, and we talked about this yesterday, sort of like slight, slightly softer data, and then all the other reasons that we talked about yesterday, including, you know, vaccine take-up slowing, uh, concerns about variants as well, like in the UK, the infection numbers today, 32,500. Uh, despite having 65% of adults fully vaccinated, that number keeps on getting up. That's a bit scary, isn't it? So all, all of this is adding to, you know, the reflation trade taking a bit of a back seat right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, that's the elephant in the room. Um, significant shifts in, in bond markets. You know, we had a 10 basis point fall in the 10 year on Tuesday. Today, another three or four basis points, um, although recovering a little bit towards the end. Um, and, you know, we're, we're now thought, what, in tens, 30 basis points off where we were, the highs that we saw after the Fed's, um, you know, taper and uh, dot plot uh, shocker on the 16th of June. And the further out the curve you go, the bigger the yield contraction at the shorter end. US2s um, really haven't moved on the day, although they're down a couple of basis points on the week. So a further flattening of the curve and, as you say, more dollar gains, though most of these occurred when during the day we saw little bouts of sort of stock weakness. Stocks have recovered as the day goes on. The driver, though, you talk about, I mean, it's, they're, they're various. Essentially, the reflation trade, which includes steepness, short dollar, even short, straight uh, longer term US treasuries, those trades continue to come under waves of unwinding pressure over the last three weeks since that Fed news. There's a lot of chatter out there about the fear of the recovery. Um, the best of the recovery is is past us. And as far as the US economy is concerned, Q2 will be the peak and will decelerate from here. Add in things like the spectre of a number of central banks talking about early tapering, obviously the Fed as well, but others, you know, Canada, but Australia, New Zealand. But they will Zealand, push, start to push um, them back if they see the recovery is slowing. And is, is a slow recovery necessarily a bad thing? I mean, we see, you know, a speedy recovery is creating problems with supply chains wasn't it and all the inflation fears so actually if it's recovering and it's continuing to recover it's just happening a bit slower is that necessarily a bad thing well, I mean, you know, we'll have to see how central banks react to this. And, the, you know, we get a chance next week, um, the Fed semi-annual testimony, Chair Powell, that's his two days where he gets grilled. He'll he'll be able, that's his key moment. If he wants to push back on this or he wants to, as we suggest, with all this talk about inflation and then not inflation, 
Um, one of the things that's really been missing is, is, is discussion, lots of discussion about maximum employment. And if he chooses to push on that, you could get a further unwinding of these trades, really. Um, you know, um, but, you know, we're not we're not uh, we're not subscribers to the early Fed timing view and still think that uh, not enough attention is being paid on to that maximum employment uh, issue. Um, it probably will be. I mean, that's I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? We're going to see we're going to see that coming sh- sharply. But we did hear, you know, it's going to be more about the data rather than the dates. Yeah, I and mean, I think uh, what I would say is I think market participants, you know, when we talk about this, this gro- the stuttering of the growth thing, market participants do need to take a kind of a step back and recognise the US economy mm. that grows by, say, 9% annualised in Q2 but slows in Q3 from an annual pace is still an economy that is growing. It's, it's just not growing by the same pace. It's the rate yeah. of change that's growing people the US economy exactly. will still yeah. grow in 2021 yeah. by 6.5 or 7% this year 3.5% next year they're yeah. both well above the long term trend so yeah. you know sure. let's let's get on to the FOMC minutes then because they are out uh, I mean one line I saw from it uh, the, the committee's standard of substantial further progress was generally seen as not having yet been met. So still a way to go, in other words, is what yeah, they Yeah, yeah, indeed. I don't think that will surprise anyone. Um, no. You know, we know, we know that, they, that they had the table discussion. We know that from now on, Chairman Powell has been very clear, it's a month-by-month month assessment of the progress towards substantial further progress. Um, some thought that, um, you know, that, 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 might, might, that, that process might happen a bit earlier. We could argue now, given the data we've seen recently and the way markets are going, that's probably scotched. And indeed, some uh, observers, some market participants thought that the data was less clear. So I think, you know, that stands for itself. Um, elsewhere, there was a discussion about um, tapering of the of the mortgage-backed securities, perhaps quicker or earlier. Again, that's been very front and centre of markets, given what's going on in the housing market. I, I think our view on that is, is, that, is that they'll probably do these together. The fact that, you know, they're buying, uh, they're buying uh, far less of MBS than they are of treasuries means that they'll do them together. MBS buying will end much earlier anyway. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, well, we saw earlier in the week that uh, Sydney was going into another week of, of lockdown. We had a strong bounce back on the ASX yesterday. Tech stocks leading the charge, uh, picking up from the, the, the growth we've seen in the US, of course. The RBA's Philip Lowe giving a speech to the Economic Society of Australia at lunchtime today, but I'm sure... You know, he didn't hold up back on anything on Tuesday, did he? So I'm not really quite sure there's much else he can say. There's a Q&A, so maybe he'll be asked about his thoughts about, you know, this the, uh, this slowdown in the in the global recovery, perhaps. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, you know, we, we can learn anything more. Obviously, we'll be paying close attention to this for any other gems, but the RBA made it pretty clear where they're going with this thing. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Wait and we'll see. Wait and see. Uh, in Europe uh, tomorrow, Christine Lagarde, president of the ECB, is going to announce the result of their strategy review. Uh, Twelve midday British summer time, which is nine p.m. tonight in uh, Sydney and Melbourne. Let's remember what she said when they started this. We will leave no stone unturned. This is the first review since two thousand and three. Uh, so, um, and you know, she said she was tired of hearing about just price stability. The world is changing. There needs to be a new strategy which uh, might address climate change, almost certainly will, uh, the inflation target, possibly housing costs. I have to say they've not given a lot away since then, have they? No. So there could be a lot in this tonight. And it's surprising given they've had lots of listening, so-called listening sessions with academics, politicians, mm. 
businesses, even individual citizens. Um, there are 13 different work streams in this covering all sorts of things from monetary policy, measurement of inflation, policy communication, productivity, climate change, you mentioned globalization, macro prudential, financial stability, digitalization, fiscal policy, employment. It's a, thousands of pages of stuff to go through. And I think we're quite surprised that they're ready to give something later on today. It's not clear that we're going to get a chapter and verse on this, but it looks likely that we're going to get something on the bits that the markets really are focused on, which is what about the uh, the price stability target? We know um, that there is an expectation of a change uh, to the uh, standard line at the moment, which is um, you know dropping the below and close to two percent inflation target. Uh, so they'll drop the below and close something you know around two percent. They'll they'll add in, I'm sure, some kind of symmetrical element. Now, to some extent, that's already discounted because of the pandemic and the undershoot of inflation. There's an expectation that they'll be you know, quite tolerant to a move either way. What we don't think they'll get is something that's tolerant of upside, right, upside breaks on inflation um, that are sustainable or, or, or longer term in the same sense that, we get, that we're getting from the Fed. The Fed's average inflation targeting, where they're really prepared to allow inflation to sit above target and actually not do anything with policy if they're not at maximum employment. Remember, the ECB doesn't have an employment mandate. It's purely only price stability. And here is what's what's interesting is you've got 25 members of the ECB. They all need to sign up to this, including the Hawks. They're the ones that have got some some teeth in the, in the game here now because, you know, they, they, there'll be some bartering going on. It won't be like a normal ECB meeting where a consensus decision can be arrived at and then the president can gloss over any differences. They've all got to sign up to this. So from that point of view, we think they're going to be quite hard because of the, the concerns of Germany and Austria and others uh, on not tolerating above target inflation for, for any kind of longer period. If there's, any, if there's any change on that, that's where you'll get a market movement, as is if there's anything significant on climate change. There's a lot of concern and division i think on the on the on the committee on that and how they're going to manage that particular beast and then also on whether they include the including the cpi basket of the commission um a measure of housing because that potentially knocks up inflation at a you know at a step change yeah absolutely a lot there to look at well we'll see what what mm. uh, eventually later on it certainly is going to overshadow the uh, the the policy meeting account from the, from the last ECB meeting which is also out today <laughs> it will uh, do, and yes. the uh, the weekly initial jobless claims from the US you know perhaps less interesting having just had those jolts numbers uh, but you know we'll see how all that adds to the cautious mood that we've been seeing in the last couple of days we'll leave it there for now though we've got a game to go and watch good to talk Gavin see you soon cheers Phil so it's goodbye from him it's goodbye from me I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Catch you again tomorrow morning. See you then.